Welcome to Puns and Potions. This is your favorite actual play D&D podcast powered by Patreon and people like you. Now I'm talking to you specifically for people that are on a bridge and have just finished this arduous fight with uh, an ambush of sorts uh, by the Vistani folk. Uh, and to all accounts, you have no uh, visual on anyone that is still remains, uh, but you are just tattered for the most part, I imagine. Uh, what's the next step? What's what's going on? B is sprinting towards Bear um, okay. just to make sure that he is still there. <laughs> I'm laying on my back and I just my hand raises a little bit. And just, oh, <laughs> nope. Too tired. <laughs> I'm gonna regroup with the others as well, like towards. Okay. Where. Same thing. Um. More specifically, most of this stuff uh, with the the conflict that was predominantly with Bear and then Luvash and then Aragal, um, was on like the first third of the bridge. And if you remember, there's that large kind of like uh, munched out section around the forty to fifty foot mark. This bridge itself being about ninety feet long. Uh, so you're you're you know like at the thirty foot along mark, just for image. Why why is it a munch that is missing from the bridge? I knew the second I said that you guys would be like, "What's the lore behind the munch? Why is there a big thing that took it?" No, uh, I just it, it was just a word that came to mind. in the bridge, or is no, it, just... it looks like it just crumbled away. Okay, but it's in the right, shape sure. of like if a big thing chomped it. It is semi elliptical in shape. Okay, it could have been a maw of something. Who knows? It wasn't. I guess it wasn't a tasty bridge. <laughs> Can we like rest or something? Unless Selena, you are able to um, I fix have... this, and I point down, and there's like a rib exposed in my body sticking out. Oh, oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh, this is so bad. This <laughs> Sorry, is so I'm just, bad. I'm just like Jesus. Uh, I am going to actually cast um, a one. I I don't drop my like aura just because. Does that do anything when we're not in combat, though? Every six seconds, it would just give you new temporary hit points. Okay, but that's either way negligible. Um, cool. And it's only it only lasts for a minute, so I mean, you've probably got like twenty seconds, thirty seconds until it's going anyway. Sick. Either way, um, I'm going to use a um cure wounds at a level four spell slot for bear. Bless. I'm gonna literally like place my hands on you and be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, roll up however many that is. It's like six or seven or something. Can I go and uh, can I go and pick up the weapon that was dropped by Lubash? Uh, yeah, it's not far off from where you guys are congregating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this long sword. Um, the craft of it is fairly. I say this not in an indicating way, but in like a bar. It's kind of barbaric in that. It's not super straight uh, towards the hilt of it. On one side, there's like a serrated edge. Um, The wrap of the actual hilt is, it kind of looks like it's purposefully uncomfortable. There's just something about it that's just very um, punishing in nature. Yeah, I'm just going to put it away for now, um, just so it's not on the bridge. And then you said the other guy's corpse is still sitting there? Argal. Uh, who passed uh, right. in the fight? Right, is, right, 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 right. He's still laying, probably ten feet off or so. I'm going to pick up the scythe or the sickle, and I'm gonna 
Oh shoot, I don't have identify. Never mind. I'm just gonna pick it up and also keep it. Uh it it doesn't particularly as you pick it up and look at it, it doesn't particularly have any crazy defining features. Um it's interesting in the fact that it's made with like small mechanisms that you can fold it so that it becomes kind of like a pole arm where the blade is hidden. And you mm-hmm. saw him do that when he pulled it out. Um, add that the actual metal along the curve looks like it's been kind of stained over time, but it itself doesn't have any like alarm sending okay. aspects. Um, an arrow Where did you goals. put the giant sword? <laughs> I'm just imagining like, I, maybe there's a strap on my back. I just strap it on my back like cloud style. <laughs> like, you have a bag of holding. It's also probably like dragging along the ground as you walk. <laughs> I don't care. I just want it um, like on my person. I'm not ready to put it in the bag yet. I don't want to talk to the bag right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Is How does Aragol's corpse look? Does it look like fucked up? Does it like, like what's the state of his corpse right now? Is he just lying on the ground, eyes closed? Yeah, I mean, it looks like any noise, exactly, just with arms crossed over the chest. Yeah, it's very, very peaceful. Um, no, I mean, it looks like he just fell in battle. He's got slashes and his clothes are probably slightly ripped. And he doesn't look, it doesn't look like anything unusual has happened post-mortem. I'm going to search his body, see if he's got any good stuff on him. Okay. I, I will assist to give you advantage, Willie. Thank you. Yeah, roll an investigation. Well, that's already an 18. 13 so 18 plus 6 24 uh it's really good and you're very certain uh that in this case the only thing you really find uh on his body that is of note you know he's probably preparing to come for a battle so he wasn't like he was carrying his coin purse um but he does wear a necklace with a very simple uh like twine thread and a very simplistic what looks like probably just like a family crest or like a a like a tribe emblem just something Mm -hmm. that would unify some group of people it doesn't look religious in context or at least not that you recognize okay uh i'm gonna look over at the party and kind of nudge my head towards him what should we do with him did you pop your heel yet yeah um you how much 27 Ooh la la thank you um does anyone else need healing before we move on I'm going to kind of address everyone. Um, I kind of think we should maybe try and short rest before you blow yeah. our spells. Okay. Um, I think I just say, there's nothing else on him. Just kick him off the bridge. I don't want to see him again. Like, without hesitation. I just grab him and, like, over my own head backwards, just, like, off the bridge. See ya. Uh, you, s- you send his body off the side of the bridge. I want, does, I, want, I want to make note that Avalon was going to do that, but we just want confirmation. So to see Bear just <laughs> fling him off the bridge, Avalon's just kind of like, ah, ah, okay. <laughs> you see his body kind of twist once over in the air, just arms outstretched, just completely limp, and he falls 100, 150 feet or so, and then you just see a as his body breaks the mist that is hanging in the valley below, and it goes off to whatever is below. Peace out. Hey, that's a nice-looking sword you got there, Avalon. <laughs> I was holding it just for you, Ben, and I oh, take it off you. my back, and I <laughs> hand it to you. I feel it's heft. Is It does have heft. Is it uh, heavier than my great axe? 
it's probably not heavier. Uh, it, there's less material that makes up a longsword than makes up your very gaudy battle axe. I don't know. You'd have to sit with it and see what you can do with it. Yeah, we should do that. Uh, the uh, Every roll perception check for me. I was just going to ask. Nat 20. Nat 1. 14. Yeah. You see a giant dragon taking a bite of the bridge next to you. He's <laughs> not even taking the bite. He's just kind of gnawing on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, teasing. You guys still here? Yeah. 14. Avalon, I would say, is at least the first to notice. Uh, Bear is just distracted by the prospect of something. Uh new sword i'm swinging it around That's, i'm having yeah, a blast exactly. <laughs> um avalon would hear uh the sounds of like a couple bits of like clomping horse on dirt and like maybe a whinny um off in the direction that you are traveling not from whence you came towards the end of the bridge i immediately say i don't think the fight is over yet friends and then i'll point towards where i hear it you don't see anything out of the ordinary um at least not at this distance, and doesn't seem like it's getting closer. It just seems like it's like a disturbance that is just kind of happening that you haven't yet take the time to understand was there. It may have been there several minutes ago, but it just okay. you're still kind of coming down from the fight. So what is, what is the landscape across the bridge from us? What are we uh, at? It is just as similarly craggy, uh, for like deforested as where you came from. Snowy, like immediately a. Upon getting to the end of the bridge, you see there's these two like tower bits, not huge. They're maybe like five to 10 feet across, just like kind of stationary monuments that drill in the wall or uh, the bridge into the side of the mountain. And then you can kind of see just a little bit of the trail uh, cascades up and curls out of sight, basically. Okay. Should we maybe retreat to the, the tower behind us and regroup for a moment i agree we should recuperate we weren't expecting a fight like that so you guys backtrack a little bit uh off the bridge and then back around that tightly hugged uh road if you could call it that and make your way back into that three-story tower where you found the gold uh armored skeleton guards this is just a short rest just kind of like taking a second to breathe or are you taking a long rest how are we looking on spell slots um i have Two level one, three level two, one level three. And you can use the ring to I, get No, I think I used three. the ring already. Did you? Okay. I, I believe familiar. you did as well. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I, I don't like the idea of staying up here for... Sorry, this is Adam talking. I, I don't think that we should stay up here for a full rest. I think it should be quick and we need to keep moving. I tentatively agree. All right. Agreed. Wait it out here a bit then. So if you would like to roll the hit die that you have, uh, you may do so. This will take about 45 minutes to an hour of just kind of bandaging, letting the adrenaline kind of flow out and just communicating with one another where you guys all are. Um, I'd like to spend the hour staring at this new sword and uh, Mm -hmm. kind of just, you know, playing around with it, feeling the, the weight of it. Like the way I described it, it's definitely not built for just anyone's use. It seems like Luvash was probably very particular about the kind of weapon he wanted to use and he would modify after modify after modify to make sure that he was wielding something that he could be at his top talent with. I like the sounds of that. You would know from testing it that you would need to sit down and actually like attribute 
understanding those intricacies to be able to use it effectively outside of this hour yes correct okay well that sounds awesome i would love to spend downtime on that <laughs> as the the aura fades do we keep those temporary hp or do those fade as well when you rest the temp hp goes away okay anything else that anybody else wants to do specifically or um, be good to go i'm gonna i'm not proficient with a sickle so i think i'm just gonna put that in the bag of holding withholding what are are you proficient in simple and martial weapons i am simple or just subject okay this would be considered a martial weapon so yeah um i'm gonna ask bear while he's messing with that um bear i have a question for you i'm doing math but yeah what, what's going on um do you want Sunforger? what what is that i hold up the axe is that the one that you uh, have exploded on me a couple times? I like wince as you bring it up. I'm oh, not God. throwing it. I'm not throwing it. <laughs> oh. I'm, oh. I, I realize that maybe I shouldn't be the one to have this, and maybe you should be the one to have this. It seems kind of right up your alley. Yeah, I grab it with like two fingers, and I'm like, you know, it's kind of small, but I guess I'll use it. Do, do you not want it? I feel I like two attuned weapons right now. So I have Sun Strand as well. So I have two Sun Weapons. So I'm giving you one because you don't have one. Yeah, I well, thank you. Yeah, I will. We should all have one. I mean, use this in a pinch. Yeah. Yes. I, I also, yeah, I it, it does a lot of extra damage. So <laughs> more than these, and I, I flex as hard as I can. You know uh, that I, I probably pop. You know, um, seeing as there's no specific amount of damage that those do I, i've never measured that before uh I'm, who knows oh well, i can show you it's okay as you know I, we'll can... save it for another time um but yes yeah all right i will hold mm -hmm. you to that thanks for the hammer though yeah, no, no no please take it yeah well, uh what is it called so i can add sun it? forger is that a thing can i find it on here no that's a custom oh, okay that's an eric special uh i will it's an eric special it. And Eric special, he says. Yes, it is. You made that little sheet. I made all of the. I made a lot of things, but I made all the sun weapons for sure. It's it's got a, it's got a nice border on the page. <laughs> I know. I was messing I was, around. I was like, this has got to be coming out of a book or something. Graphic design is his passion. <laughs> <laughs> no, <that's not. laughs> so you guys have completed your short rest. Uh, are you making your continuing your way up the mountain? Yes, with caution. Well, okay. I wish you gave this to me before the short rest, so I could have attuned to it, but we'll do it on the next one, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I gave it to you during the short rest. It's true. I was a little <laughs> focused on my other weapon, though. To be yeah, I know. Bear, how many weapons you got now? You want to, like, put some of that in the bag? or <laughs> I only have a spear and the great axe, and now the sun forger and another giant sword, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, Adam, because I was under the impression that it took a long rest to attune to an item, and it's actually a short rest. So if you would like, uh, that was to the attune, point. Yeah, if you would like to attune to Luvash's longsword, you can. Yeah, that's kind of what I was hinting at, but I assumed I thought I, it was more requirements. I was like, damn, this no, looks crazy no, it's, good. It's it's not. I was just under the impression that it took a, a long rest. Oh, okay. It yeah, send that puppy on over. Uh, do you want me to write it in text? It's not like a full block, so do you want me to write it in text or do you just want me to tell you what it is? Uh, whichever you prefer. You can tell me. It sounds probably is better for the audience anyway. Well, I don't, sometimes you guys like to keep a little surprise, so. I want everyone to know how awesome I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's not crazy. 
it is a plus two longsword. So everything that comes along with that, which is 1d10 or 1d8 versatile 1d10. However, after you spend some time with it and you realize the aspects that it has and that Luvash was working with, there is laced in it uh, some magical quality. And when you are gripping it, you can feel that as much strength as you are giving to it, it is also bestowing back onto you. And when you are wielding it, your strength is increased by two. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is oh perfection. While you're wielding it, specifically. Oh, no. What a... So if you've got your battle axe out, your strength is still normal. <laughs> Adam's going to have to do some math here. <laughs> We're going to have to figure out averages. Now you guys are getting up and moving? Onward. Oh, boy. Very carefully, very perceptively, oh, very sneakily. Man, oh, jeez, oh, boy. Um, you, you travel for a ways up this winding road, and the roads for a lot of the portion actually get narrower than they were before, and they hug closer to sheer cliffs, and they continue to meander, and the snow that was just kind of drifting off the mountain becomes now apparent that it is falling. The nice thing is you have the ring of warmth, so none of this super affects you. It doesn't cause you to trudge or become exhausted too much, but the trek itself just becomes a little bit more arduous. And you get to a certain portion of the road, and it's a it's a longer, narrow, straight stretch. Uh, and you can kind of see that it looks out over a large portion of this kind of like a natural valley that the bridge once created. Uh, what's the marching order that you guys are taking? Who's in the front? Uh, I would be. As you're walking, and this, like I said, this is hours and hours gone by, and it's getting closer to nighttime at this point. Okay, so we are, we crossed through, like, the towers. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there something okay. you wanted specifically? Just, no, I just, I wasn't sure how close the people that we heard were. So, I, but assuming, I guess they're far, far ahead. Okay. Well, the, okay, so sorry, I totally breezed over that. You would get past the bridge. It's where the little parapets are. And you would notice that Luvash and Argal's crew came up this far on horseback, tied the horses off, back tucked alongside the road, uh, and Luvash is gone. I see. Okay. We don't, is there, I mean, it's snowy, like, are there footprints? There are no tracks for him. Okay. Uh, However, fast forward again, sorry, backtracking, going back and forth. We're a little rusty, it's been a bit. Barry, you were kind of leading the trudge through this leg of the journey. And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, is that an effect that I can see? Um, uh, roll a perception check. <laughs> uh, it's looking like a no. Six. Uh, I'm going to say no. The traveling upon traveling and walking upon walking uh, leads you a little numb to potentially noticing what this may cause. Well, the deck save is a uh, 16. Okay. So you start walking along this uh, straighter ridge, and you take a couple paces, and then the, the snow that is covering the road kind of slicks out from under your feet, and you see revealed are these like sheens of straight ice. And you catch yourself, you ready, like plant into the ground to the point where you're not slipping, but you do get that little like heart palpitation for a moment when you think you're like about to go off the side. Careful, there's ice here. We should probably like create some sort of. Uh, something to not slip do we have like god i, I never know uh, we always say pythons but apparently they're pit pittons pitons? Pit, piton? i yeah. think they're pitons yeah i don't know we should get those steak things and 
maybe to like tie ourselves together or something. I'd hate to see one of us slip off. And I mean, even Featherfall, you'd get you'd land somewhere, but how do we get back up? You know, I'm hoping not to use Featherfall. Sure, that sounds like a good enough idea for the time being. You can cross like that. Also, Avalon, you mentioned earlier about carrying some of my stuff, and in this short trip, I'm starting to realize that I have way too many things on me. So maybe, yeah, if you want to grab this spear from me. Go ahead and throw it in the bag. It's the, the hammer is like a small hammer that I could probably keep on my side, huh, Sunforger? Uh, yeah, I would say like it's like Mjolnir-sized. Oh, okay. Could I have a great axe and a long sword on my back? That seems like too much. I mean, I'm not going to stop you. Well, then I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just now, if spear. you were layering another weapon on top, then it would be pushing. Yeah, it. well, I, I was. Like cross, <laughs> cross status. I think you're good. Yeah, just take this spear if you would. Will do. Also, if you you know, if that interests you at all, it it like comes back to you and stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, well, if any if anyone is interested in that spear, I mean, how much damage does it do? If it's a dex weapon, I could actually maybe. It is 1d6, 1d8, uh, and it's a plus two, and it returns to you, so. Not bad, not bad at all. It's how I hit that guy on the horse. I might. B, do you want it? No, that's about the same as my crossbow, so. I might take it. It does seem more of a nimble weapon than a strong weapon. Hopefully it'll prove useful, and I'll sling it on my body somewhere. So what's the method here of the... The pittance and the rope and the... We're all, like, tying ourselves I mean, so I have, in my backpack, I have ten of them. I have rope. I have an all-purpose tool that can turn into anything. Can my hands make anything, though, right now? I would say it's easy enough to... This isn't, like, a very specific skilled test. It's, you're basically just hammering something into a, into stone and then making a generic knot. Mm-hmm. With large rope, I mean that's like. Okay. I was thinking not, more yeah, like it's not out of the realm. Attach it to my shoes or something. Oh god, I'm not wearing shoes anymore. <laughs> no, you're no, not. You're not. <laughs> it's so weird how the snow isn't cold because of that ring. I don't get it. <laughs> how would, how much would prestidigitation help with this? Do you think it would or not? Nah? Well, you could maybe use like the gust to like blow off the loose snow to see the icy patches. That would that would be your your best help yeah i'll do that i'll push some of the snow out of the way i mean how steep are we right now like what's our incline so that's kind of where the icy patch comes into being is that this is like down the mountain this is a little bit of a shelf that sits kind of at a slight angle so water will naturally rush to this area and it will sit longer than it does on the mountainside which enables it to freeze but it doesn't become standing water, so it's not thick enough. It's still actually slippery. It doesn't actually gain traction, yeah. right? So it's not like a crazy decline, but there is. If you slip, you're probably not going to be able to catch yourself very fast. Like you're, you're not just going to fall. You're going to go. Okay, maybe we could just like use the pittance to like walk carefully along the shelf wall to like anchor ourselves in by our hands like tie ourselves together regardless okay and then just like you know what i'm saying like do this yeah so everybody give me an athletics check happily being able to mount the pittens into the wall with your steps effectively 
That's a nine for me. Okay. Shoot. Twenty-six. Okay, good. I rolled well. Um, plus five to you, Valen, for my flash routine. Yes. Thank you. Fourteen now. Seventeen. Amazingly, a dirty twenty. Nice. Okay, good, good. Uh, everybody, roll your dexterity saves with advantage as you make your way across. Specifically, I'm imagining Avalon kind of tailing directly behind Beatrice in whatever order that is, and she's kind of pointing out the weak spots in the stone as you're kind of navigating, and you can fix. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> some of your positions and stuff. Yeah. Seventeen. Eighteen. Okay. Natural twenty. Love that. Eighteen. Oh, okay. So you guys make your way the whole way across this little icy shelf to the point where uh, Avalon is kind of prestidigitating some of the ice away, you know, at the front of the group. And you notice that uh, after this straight stretch kind of begins to curve and work its way back up the mountain, uh, you're pretty free of slipping and falling. Perfect. No crazy uh, problems there. However, you continue again for maybe another hour or so, and it is now becoming nighttime. Are there, haven't we seen like any signs of life or civilization? No. This is like going for hours, thinking you're on a path, and then kind of making a decision and be like, I guess we'll kind of go this way when the path disappears, and then finding a spot that looks like it's maybe carved out a little bit. Um, that being said, you're not wandering completely sleep, complete aimlessly because Davian has marked at least spots of interest and you with the tools that you have at your disposal can kind of roughly navigate so you're not lost like you're continuing to at least go up in elevation but it is a, a lot of the time it is very unclear as to how much progress you're actually making be are, are we going the right way i mean i hope i mean i've climbed my share of mountains in my day we're following his his notes. What what is your share of mountains? Like rough estimate. I mean, I've climbed like two or three. Really? I've been around. <laughs> this is this is my first mountain, actually. Is that true? I mean, I, why would you come up this high? I have no need to be up here. I mean, I took a couple mountaineering classes in college. <laughs> oh, what is college? <laughs> We've been over this fair. <laughs> Is it like a book or something? I don't know. You read a lot of books. Yes, yes. Oh, well. I'm going to perception check to see if there's like a, anything around that might be a hint as to where we should go. Well, it's getting dark, right? Yeah, that's yeah. our biggest problem right now. Yeah. Well, we, we don't need a fire because we've got this <laughs> ring. That's that's like an 11. Uh, the, the only thing of interest that you can find is kind of like as you're walking the path does a little bit of a U shape and rise in elevation, but as you get to the crested section of that, uh, there is like a overhanging bit in the in the rock. It's not like huge, uh, but it would at least give you like some tucked away cover. It would be tight, but it's like a little bit of a landing. Mm. That looks good to me. Would get snowed on. Wake up under a pile of snow. Yeah, best place for shelter here. Shall we rest for the night? Be you look apprehensive. A <laughs> little bit. It's because I bit. am. <laughs> What's wrong, B? I. We can stay tied together in case you're worried about slipping. I just have a bad feeling about this place. Oh, never say that. That's the rule. You don't say that. <laughs>
I told you we'd get to the details later, well, that time is now. This mix of dice and bad jokes is an actual play D&D podcast run by five Twitch streamers gone rogue, prepared to bring you lovable characters, meaningful narrative, and more laughs than you signed up for, but it can't exist on its own. Puns and Potions is made possible by the loving support of our supporters over on Patreon. From perks such as getting ad-free episodes, early access, exclusive merch, and personal shoutouts, you too can reap the benefits of a loving patronage to this very podcast over at patreon.com slash punsandpotions. That's puns, A-N-D, potions. For just one singular dollar a month, you can keep this fantasy alive. Now, to our other sponsors. For us at Puns and Potions, community is a big part of what we wish to represent, and one friend and community member I want to throw at you today is Astral Dice. Full disclosure, I personally had a hand in the creation of Astral Dice, and it will continue to be a long-standing partnership. But just like the PMP crew, my Astral sets are the only thing I used to roll, and that's the truth. They're a handful of guys homebrewing dice sets out of their homes, because like us, they're super passionate about role-playing games, and can't accept just some mass-produced dice they bought from a hobby shop. They craft new sets when life allows it, and post them online for you to snatch up, or just admire the designs. So it'd be cool if you went and checked out their website, astraldice.com, or followed them on Instagram, at theastraldice. Thanks for the time, now back to the puns. Keep watch. We'll make sure nothing happens. What is the order of watch, assuming that you are, in fact, betting down? I think I'm first, yeah. I always forget. I'm so Yeah, we had an order at some point, but Mm -hmm. the order isn't terribly Uh, important. We can spice it up. I'll go first. I'm going to go last. I'll go second. I'll go third. Uh, Selena, I'll have you roll a perception check as you are on watch for the beginning of the evening. Thirteen. Everyone is kind of getting settled and falls asleep and you are just set with the vast overlook of Barovia, basically. I mean, you now notice that while it is incredibly dark, um, you can't see for very far, um, but you can you kind of have this kindred understanding that in the direction that you're passing before this not the sun, but like the light leaves the horizon, you're looking out over the direction of the rest of where you grew up you know they're like everywhere that you've ever known in your whole life is essentially right now not completely visible to you but almost entirely within one view and that is both scary but also humbling in that you are so small in the entire journey but before you know it uh it is time to wake up avalon cool i'm gonna go over to avalon and shake him awake it's time Mm. All right. Get rest. Perception check. That is a 26. You can almost hear the tunes of the wind whistling across ice and rock. It is peaceful. It is serene. Nothing sets you off, and you are completely confident that this time you will not be getting the best of. Stabbed. Hopefully so. Uh, It is time to wake up, Beatrice. B. 24. Also, incredibly aware, uh, perhaps <laughs> yes. uh, not because of anything other than, uh, maybe it's two things, a little bit of being afraid of what might come and not wanting to miss it, but also not being distracted by the things that you might be able to do as you normally would in the night. Um, and that 
at first becomes a sense of anxiety, but eventually you get to just allow yourself to sit in your thoughts and you look over the your crew. And of course, you're very familiar with Barry. You've traveled with him for a very long time. And Avalon is becoming even more closely familiar. And Selena, although she's in a different form, you have never really felt closer to than now. However, there's one thing that you notice that you haven't noticed yet before. And it's just particularly maybe the way you're thinking or the way that the camp is laid out in this small little space. You notice uh, on Selena's neck, just like right across where the muscle uh, bends up to meet. There is two sets of two small little dots, just like a, a pair, and then slightly down further, there's another pair. Oh, no. And they look, they don't look unusual. They just look like maybe small birthmarks, but their arrangement is strange. And it bugs you, but before you know it, it's time to wake Bear. I'll go shake Bear awake. Perception check. Also, want to attune to Sunforger during this time, only an hour. Of okay. time. And my dope perception, like everybody else, four. Uh, I'll say in this time, you're mostly focused on getting used to two completely different styles of weapon. Of course, you're trained in them for the most part, but they're not things that you favorably use. So it's a lot of balancing how this will enter your repertoire. Um, and making sure you have the intricacies of those things down. So you don't really see anything, but thankfully nothing crazy happens in the night that you would need to be aware of. And before you know it, light is again returning to the space, and you, uh, everyone kind of naturally wakes up over a little bit of time. And you're good to continue. CB, it was fine. I think as, like, everyone, we're all, like, collecting ourselves, I think pretty, like, right away, <laughs> B will... Selena aside and just whisper to her just so she can yeah. hear. Selena, uh, not to intrude, but I noticed last night something I I never noticed before, and it's kind of it's kind of awkward. I'm sorry, but there's some sets of spots or dots on your neck. Are are those? I, is that new? I I'm sorry. I'm just very paranoid these days. Um. I'm going to immediately, like, put my hand up and, like, touch them. Yeah, um, I'm going to speak again to Beatrice. We're back in character. Yeah, uh, I, uh, it's a long story. Um, uh, I, I've been, I, I think that I was... You don't need to. You don't need to share now. It's we have a lot going yeah, on. Yeah. Um. I just, ask. I I'll be fine. I mean, it's been a while since it happened, so it's not new. I've had these for a long time. But okay. ask me again later, and okay. and we'll t we'll talk about it because I there's a story I think, but I I mean it's kind of like a long story. I mean, hey, what are you guys talking about? So you have that new sword there, Bear. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. I like attack icicles or something. <laughs> um, you continue to trudge for a while. However, it becomes more apparent as the winds continue to pick up and specifically the road becomes wider. So you start to approach points where you're no longer ascending as much, but you are traveling flat patches. Um which is somewhat promising to the point where, you know, if somebody was going to build something up there, they would probably not be able to do it 
uh, on a five foot road. And eventually you get to the point where uh, these long patches meander and continue. And as you start to see a further and further landscape, uh, the road that you're traveling on, which is obviously continues to fade away under coverings of snow, takes you far enough to the point where you begin to see off in the distance where it kind of culminates to a somewhat of a summit-ish, um, at least in this section of the range. And built into the side of it uh, is the facade of some kind of temple. And it's carved right into the sheer mountainside. And this is a fair distance away, but uh, the front of it you can see is approximately 50 feet high, and carved into that are these six alcoves. In the alcoves are 20-foot carven statues made out of the same stone, one solid piece. Each statue uh, depicts a faceless hooded figure, and the hands are pressed together in this, what is usually a gesture of some sort of prayer. Those statues are separated, and between the two innermost ones is, again, another 20-foot tall, but in this time it's an arch, and it is framing this dark entryway. Uh, and you can't quite see in it, and it looks like there is a, a mist of some kind that is kind of not dissimilar to the way that the fire was wreathing that gate that you saw back before the bridge battle, but this is like kind of a wavering uh, fog. <laughs> it's a fog wall. I actually, I actually said that, and I didn't even think about the Dark Souls connotation until right yep. now. But um, Giant doorway, scary statue surrounding it, fog wall <laughs> yeah. in the doorway. Yes. <laughs> However... However, is there a grace outside? Uh, or? No, there is something outside though. And to the point where you crest up enough to see these details, the general scene becomes more apparent to you. Uh, and there is uh, every roll perception check, actually. And I'll, I'll dole out information as it becomes made clear. Four. Okay. My perception's really good. Eight. 23. 18. Okay. Uh, bear, you have snow in your eye. The wind gusting, you kind of get these vague shapes. Um, everything that's going on is happening about 40 feet away from you. Uh, Selena, uh, you and everyone else uh, mostly fixate on seeing the temple facade and its like grandeur. Uh, in looking at that, you mostly miss what Avalon sees, which is uh, a humanoid figure standing maybe five to 10 feet away from the facade towards you all. So like 35 feet away. And Beatrice, you're the only one to notice in this moment as you're taking in the entire scene that that person, whoever they may be, is standing over what looks like two uh, other uh, figures. They're lying on the ground. It looks like potentially snow is slightly covering them. Like I said, this is all happening about 35 feet away. We're not alone. As you say that, and you start trudging uh, slightly closer to the temple, just to kind of what? not necessarily getting closer. Okay, not getting clo- not getting closer, but taking a look as to what's happening. Let's say. Um, I-, I was mostly ranger. saying in like your. <laughs> no, 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 I was mostly saying as like you are cresting over the path yeah, yeah, to yeah. the point where you are actually on the the basin, but you see very quickly uh, the figure who is standing there. Uh, raises he's facing uh, are facing away from you and very quickly open up their arms and like open palms up towards the sky and their head raises and you hear a voice that says Erasmus I'm coming home and 
the arms fall to the sides, and the head turns over the shoulder to look back at you all. Not quite making eye contact, but just presenting in your general direction. And he continues and says, those were his final words, actually, before he, um, and he taps his finger on his own neck. Because before he broke the tattooed seal on his neck and took his own life and his finger falls from his neck down pointing to one of the clumps bodies that is laying there you know i assume he thought i was going to turn him into a vampire or something which is frankly very offensive because that's it's not really my thing and it's not like i couldn't do plenty of necromatic things with his body if i wanted to and at this point he turns on his heels and he faces you still luring above and slightly behind the two bodies that are on the ground and you are completely aware of who this person is. But still, he did it with such a confidence. He had faith that whatever god he prayed to, which have, you know, obviously do not have any reign over this place, that they would carry him past the pearly gates. And even though she, and he moves his finger to the, her, to the other figure, even though she had faith in him to liberate this fucking hellscape, I can guarantee you that neither of those things has happened. And he just kind of laughs. And then he looks back up at the sky, but this time with his arms at his sides, and he goes, do those gods have faith in anything? Or, or is that well, like, really what makes them gods? Because the Vistani, they gave up their faith centuries ago, and I wouldn't say that makes them any less human. You know, they grieve like humans, and he's just walking back and forth between the two bodies, and he's just kind of ranting in your general direction. You can see that he has, like, a very specific trail of thought that he has just had bottled up, and he's just externalizing in your general direction. What does he look like? Uh, he has longer hair that's, like, somewhat tucked slightly back. Uh, he's wearing fanciful clothing, uh, and he is Von Holtz. Oh, could have guessed from the monologue. Yeah. It was a good monologue so far. I liked it. I wouldn't say that makes them any less human. They grieve like humans, don't they? And he looks up at you and he just reaches out his hands and he goes, probably why they're all riled up. So I suppose that's a forgiveness that I should offer to you. And he looks back down at the second figure, who you presume at this point with the way he describes him was female. He goes, when Luvash lost Arabelle, he grieved. In a very angry way, I might add. And now, to have her returned, just to watch her grieve for the death of her mother, that has to be an entirely different emotion. Like something much deeper. And the girl's amber eyes, I suspect, didn't make it any easier knowing what was to come there. And he just stops and he looks up at all of you. And then he twists again on his heels and he looks back at the temple. And he just like throws up his, he just like throws his arms to his sides and he just yells. But all for what? They were on the verge of learning too much. And do I regret what I had to do? Sure. No, I don't. But it had to be done. I was simply protecting them. But really, they just had to die. And he starts, his hands start shaking. And he turns again, and he looks at you. And he raises one hand slowly from his side out uh, again in like a T formation, uh, his left hand. And 
he says, I am sorry I had to go this way. And as he says that, the very, very thin blade that hangs from his uh, belt, which you have seen him use only once before, and that was way back in Valaki when he was exiting the church and he threw it at one of the, the spawn uh, and it impaled it and you know you had your first conversation with him. Didn't quite know where that was going at the time, but you see it now slowly shink out of its scabbard to the point where it is just hovering at an angle right directly in front of him. And as he just twists to overturn his palm, the blade just slowly positions itself so that it's right in front of him and the point is very specifically pointing at the four of you. Now you're still at a distance of about 35 feet. And he takes a long sigh. And he is not looking at you. He's looking somewhere in space between you and the blade. And he says, I hope you fall with faith unwavering and that someone will grieve you when you do. And he sends his hand out forward very, very quickly and the blade shoots like a dart insane speed at his will and it is traveling towards the four of you any immediate reactions i'm gonna stand in front of b okay yeah i mean how close are we together uh you're probably all within five feet of each other immediate tiny hut so this is something that we didn't catch uh in the fight with la saga tiny hut has a casting time Mm -hmm. of one minute Shit. Okay. You consider that movement, but rule it out. And in the split second that you are trying to protect your friends, you see that the blade that is hurtling towards you in this flash gets five to ten feet away and immediately stops in midair. And I need everybody to roll a perception check. 18. 15. 10. 22. Beatrice, you are alarmed by this and you do not see the specific details. Uh, It could be because Barrett is standing in front of you now. Everyone else would notice that his, while his hand is outstretched forward and his palm is facing you, obviously controlling the blade in its traveling towards you, it is steadfast and sturdy. However, you notice that his right hand is now held at a slight angle just above his, like just out of his torso. And it looks like his fingers are shaking in a curled position as if they are grasping some sort of invisible force and they are struggling to do so and just as this moment stops and you see the blade with precision timing just hang directly facing you in the air and the wind blows snow across the path in just as fast as it was traveling towards you you see his hand the wrist which is set at like a just awful angle tilts so slightly upwards and the blade which is traveling towards you flips in the air once and continues hurtling back towards him in the same motion that the wrist is flipped it turns and you see a conjured doorknob come into its palm and just as the blade is hurtling back towards him and it impales his chest he coughs blood up his entire palm wraps around the doorknob and as the blade sinks itself into his chest his entire form whips around it in its central point and he completely disappears only leaving the blood that has traveled off of his lips to fall and crest and scatter onto the snow and he is completely gone and it is silent on the mountaintop i immediately sprint towards the two bodies that are on the ground uh as you're looking over them i'd like to make an investigation check it's a 10 it's not great 
the most obvious, which one are you going towards? Uh, the, I will generically label them as the male and the female. The female first. Okay. Uh, you see, like I said, slightly covered in the snow. And now that you're up there, you can notice that the skin is very pale blue. Um, it looks like it is not freshly, not freshly deceased person. Uh, long black curly hair. Um, a red coat. Uh, boots. Uh, looks like anything that was on her was probably taken. And she has fallen on her back looking up. Eyes still open, essentially. Just up into the cloudy, ever cloudy sky. Okay, and then I go on to the, the male. Uh, investigation check. That was a 17. Okay. This one is more immediately obvious because there is a... And upon looking around, you can see hints of it, and it's been mostly covered with fresh snowfall, but you can kind of uncover uh, what looks like a large spray of blood, and it correlates with the fact that uh, half of this man's neck looks like it was blown out from mm-hmm. within. His head is still attached, but he's fall- he is fallen onto his chest, so you'd have to kind of roll him over to get any sort of look on him. And he has this long, tan sort of trench coat, like a kind of a... Uh, they both have armor, per se, but it's underneath their normal clothes. He's wearing like kind of a fancier, like, white and shirt, which is stained with all just different kinds of matter. And more specifically, he has, uh, like, shorter gray hair. It looks like he was probably wearing some sort of spectacles that have now been cracked and thrown off into the snowbank. Um, he is, too, without any specific materials on him. That madman. And I'm just going to get up and like gesture the others to come check out the bodies. I told you that man was not to be trusted. Look at what he's done. And now that he's out there, who knows what else he could do? What? He thinks he's some puppeteer, like he's playing some sort of game, making sure everybody's safe, protecting but, people. But what, How can you protect somebody by killing them in cold then? blood? I don't know. I didn't see what happened. But... Yeah, he seemed very dead set on attacking us. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what was at play, but... That could have been anybody. That could have been... And I think Avalon's just going to look to the side and just sort of, like, trail off in thought. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Strahd has some kind of hold on him, too. Strahd has a hold on everything here. He clearly can dabble in necromancy, as he said himself. That... We should be cooperating, not at each other's throats. I think there's much more play in this guy's head than the surface shows. Right. And I think, like, Avalon in his dead-set mindset of, like, not liking Von Holtz and hearing you guys sort of, like, defend him a bit, I'm just going to walk off. Are you walking towards the temple or away? Uh, A little bit, but I'm not going to go in right away. I'm just going to, like, pace around a bit. Honestly, not surprised. <laughs> I feel like he's an asshole. So I I know Selena has always said that he's a coward. And I still think that he's like weak minded, but I don't think that he's like everything I think he is. So I don't care as long as we can protect each other and ignore him or kill him if we have to. I don't give a shit. He's not going to help us. And he's obviously not on anyone's side at this point. I don't know where, who he works for or why he do, does what he does. And until I know, I'm not going to make any decisions. I think he's 
seems like he's making his own decisions. Seems I think he's just real. He's real twisted. I, I think he's trying in his own way to protect the land. I don't. I don't know what that means to him. But the only real answer is getting rid of the source of everything, which he thinks is impossible. So he's a coward. D- did he say that this body was Luvash? Or was he just talking about Luvash? He, through deductive reasoning, you could find, with the way he gestured to them, that this appears to be Luvash's, at least at some point was Luvash's partner enough to birth Arabelle. But the other, the masculine figure is not Luvash, correct? No, no. Okay. This is a much older gentleman. Everybody roll, everybody roll a history check. 19, 16, 13. Selena would, in looking over and kind of pondering the entire set of events that have led you here, would, although these figures are obviously very gaunt and not in the shape that you had seen them before, in fact, you've never actually seen them as firsthand accounts. You only saw them in Von Holtz's previous rant atop the roof of Argen Vostel mm-hmm. when he was changing rapidly into various forms of people oh yeah hmm. such a good rant i could get over it you like from the moment he was talking i was like this is an immortal dude that is just like <laughs> struggling with his own stuff yeah. yeah off his rocker yeah he's lost it he's been around yeah. too long you know avon you said you weren't walking necessarily directly towards the temple but you're in the general area yeah i'm just composing myself trying not to get yeah ragey about this um I will say, as you meander and you let your thoughts kind of attempt to rest, there's obviously something alluring about the mist that's rolling off, the steam that is kind of rolling off the doorway of the temple. I'll go, I'll go take a peek. I won't touch anything, but I'll get a closer look. Roll an investigation check. 23. As you gain a closer look at this, you find that what is hanging in the doorway is, isn't actually the mist. The mist is the result of something rolling of uh, the cold wind rolling off of what is actually there, which seems to be this like sort of, I don't want to say a waterfall because it's less chaos than that. It's just kind of this wavering sort of form. Is it like if a river was like vertical or something? A very calm river. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Can I do a history check on any of the, did we already roll a history check on the statues? Uh, you do not. You may, if you would like. I would go Arcana, History, or Religion, whichever you would prefer. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. They're all the same. Can I also do a history check? Mm-hmm. 16. 13. I would say, looking over them, you don't... They are worn, obviously, from time, and you're not even sure if at any point they would have held any very specific features, but they're so nondescript that it's hard to clean any sort of alignment mm-hmm. um especially without doing anything specifically with them what color are they um from this vantage point it they look like they blend in mostly with the stone uh that being said the stone is mostly covered in snow and ice and rocky sediment okay go up to one and try to like see if i can clean off to see what the underlying material is yeah and i would say as you go up it, it takes like a couple passes uh, with some good force to kind of like brush away at the like yeah. layers of rough material that is covering the these statues, 
and you kind of pass once, twice, and you can tell you're taking off layers, but there's a third time when you break through into something and you move your hand and with it comes a large swath of this, like I said, like a sediment and underneath of it reveals a very, very smooth and pure looking orange stone, what some may describe as amber.